What's up, party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as five, six, seven, eight. That's right, it's Theat Accounts. They're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers. So they know all the things that we can claim back and it's so simple. You upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you. It's cheap, it's easy, and once you try it, I guarantee you will not regret it. It has changed my tax life. Just email info at theataccounts.co.uk. That's theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theataccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the Ins and Outs podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. Boom. What's up guys? Recently I've been working with an incredible company called Quiet Media. Quiet Media create beautiful video reels, vocal reels, self-tapes, music videos and many, many more. So if you're looking to capture your idea on a video or via audio, then Quiet Media is for you. Go to quietmedia.co.uk or find them on Instagram at quiet underscore media. That's quietmedia.co.uk or at quiet underscore media. Also, don't forget to tell them that you're from the Ins and Outs podcast to receive that special luxury treatment. I promise you, you will not regret investing in this company to help you capture your imagination or your creativity. That's quietmedia.co.uk. Pow! The Ins and Outs podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs podcast, I speak to professional dancer Pamela Jean Stefano. Well, Pam has had one of the most incredible careers anyone could ever wish for. She's worked with the likes of Lady Gaga, Usher, Rihanna, Janet Jackson, Cassie, Katy Perry, and many, many more. She was also a winner from the hit TV show back in the day, Dirty Dancing, and we hear a little bit about her journey. Um, we talk quite a lot about mindset and what it would be like, you know, kind of trying to break into the dance industry now as com- compared to when we were coming up and trying to break into the dance industry. Um, it was a great conversation. There's so much to learn from this episode. I hope you enjoy it. And I'm definitely going to get Pam back on the podcast soon. Here is the incredible Pam Stefano. Boom, and we're in. Hello, friend. How are you? Hello, friend. It's been a long time. It has How been a re- I've been really good. It has been a really long time. I was thinking this morning, when was the last time I actually saw you, like, in the flesh? And it must be LA. I think it was. I think it was. Do you know when I think it was? I think it was when... I think I was at Rebby's house. You know, Rebby, I think mm-hmm. it was at Rebby's and you'd stop by and I think you were leaving. You were moving at the time. You were moving. Yeah. Some, I think you were moving apartments. Yeah, because I time. lived with Rebby for a while. Yeah, it was then. It was then. With the the, uh, the shabby house with the pool at the back, which was freezing cold. And the stray cat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember all the cats. That's what I remember. 
Yeah. I remember all, oh my goodness, we had a lot of fun times in there, actually. We had a lot of fun times in that house. That we was, did. That was good times. How, um, how, how have you been? What have you been up to? You're back in Glasgow, right? Yes, I am. I'm back in Bonnie, Scotland. How is which it? Is, it's good. You know, I tell you what, I mean, I came back here. I mean, obviously, you know, I lived in LA for so long. Um, and I, I ended up marrying an American, which I brought him back to Glasgow. Wow, that's, 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 that's one that you don't hear very often, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, you'll like it, it's great, you're going to love it, you're going you're gonna to love it, just you're like, back. You're like, the weather's great. Oh, no, anyway, so I've managed to pull, pull off bringing him back here, so that worked out. Congratulations. Um, thank you, it took, took a lot of effort, but we made it. Um, but no, I came back here because... I was in LA, obviously, for 10, uh, 10 years. 10 years? Yeah, 10 years. 10 and then years. 10 years. Oh, my God. 10 years. Yeah, mental. Um, and then I came back here when I fell pregnant with my daughter, who is now five. So wow. I've been back here for five years. I left LA five years ago. So and then... 2016. Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. 2016 so it's actually five years has went like that it's went mm. really really quick um but w- when we came back it was th- there was never a solidified plan to be here for mm. a prolonged period of time but I'll tell you what over time we did kind of do a stomp back in London for a quick second mm. and then when we came back here everything just fitted everything fitted and I think because thankfully in my life I've, I've been so well traveled and I've, mm. I've lived in a lot of different places coming back here I I've refound the love and richness for Scotland as a country which mm. I used to hate growing up I used to hate it you always and take I, it for granted growing up right yeah. You're like, this old shit get me out of I here was like, this is rubbish here I want to get out of here like I, I mean I, I, as soon as I could leave here I did and but coming back I've realized how number one beautiful places Number two, how it supports artists. It's really, it's actually a great country to be an artist, which I, I never mm. realised that either. So that opened my eyes for me and my husband both being artists. It's actually been a great platform for us. Mm. And I've realised more than ever that your base can be anywhere. Is And, I, you know, I, I think, well, when you're young and you're wild and, and you're free, which yeah. I certainly have been, I, I'm still probably <laughs> quite wild. That's just my nature, as you know. I'm I don't think that's changed. <laughs> changed absolutely not so that is, is part of that being your nature but c- coming back here at, at you know your, your base can pretty much be anywhere I think if you've got a really good quality of life and a strong foundation you can bounce anywhere mm. and just now I'm starting to see the fruition of that um because we are we're actually me and my husband are getting up and down to London a lot more it's like a it's almost like a commute for us Mm. And I like it that way. I like the commute. I like going there to do things and come back. Mm. Um, so I've, I've kind of found, I feel like, a really good richness in living here and found the benefits of, like, my, he's, he's an actor and he goes down for training weekends and, and it's just so easy. I mean, you don't realise how easy it is. It's quite cheap, isn't it, really? Life. Yeah. and like, like Flights so are like 50 quid. Yeah, it's nothing. So if you plan it and you... And you've also got the train option if you don't want to fly. Mm. 
it's really easy to get access to London and that's important for us. And it's, it's only now that our children are that bit older, we've got the freedom a bit more to do it. And it's really, it, it's flourishing that, that mm. kind of aspect of living here is flourishing for us now. Mm. And I think in the next few years coming, we're really going to see the benefits of that. Yeah. So, because I love London, it's my old stomping ground. So it's not something we want to give up fully, but course, I want access I, to it. You know? Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same. Like, I don't live in London anymore, so I live near Swindon. Right. So I'm like an hour and a half away. And I just go into commute. So I went in yesterday for an audition, come back out. Like, it's an hour and a half in and out. And actually, that suits my lifestyle so much better now. Like, so I haven't got that hustle and bustle. I can just go in, get what I need, and then bounce and come back to, like, my new, yeah. norm, my new normal, you know? Yeah, to- totally, nice. totally. Because for, for people who, who obviously don't have the nest egg in London, if you're not necessarily born there, you don't have family there. I mean, I learned that in LA. I, I wasn't born there. I didn't have family there. But I loved it. And I, I was lucky enough to have access to it for, for a prolonged period of time. Same with London. Um, now, when, when you get a bit older and you get a bit more knowledge, you, you know how to really refine that and use it to your advantage, I think. Mm. Um so I, I must say I'm I'm pretty happy with with the situation because looking back five years ago when we did come back here it was more of a a quick stop and then I, as as the years went on I went no this is actually mm. a really good situation that you're, I need to take advantage of. You're teaching there now, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so I teach here. I teach here at um, a college called it. Well, it used it was Dance Point, but it's called Hamilton theatre arts mm. um, and I always hate saying teaching because I don't think of myself as a teacher I don't I never see myself as a teacher because yeah. I don't you know it's, it's yeah. not my my end goal but I think I've, I've definitely got a, a substance in my experience especially teaching Scottish students primarily mm. um, because it's such a hard place to train and then really have it as a base to, to take off and actually have a career from it's very difficult and I've done that. I, I yeah, did well, it myself. So I've got, you know, they're really. so fortunate, like to have someone who's so enriched in knowledge and experience, like your career has been second to none, which we'll dive into at some point. But like the fact that not only you have that and you can take it back there, I guess they can look at you and go, they can find some resemblance in you because, you know, you're from the same place and you've achieved this amazing career. What's mean, what's to stop them from doing the same thing, you know? exactly there's, there's something really great about that and it's kind of like I don't know if you feel this way like I go back and try and teach in Cardiff once a month so I travel back I don't make any freaking money from it but I'm always yeah. just like it's kind of like my my give back Your give it's, back yeah kind of like my uh I never had this opportunity no one could do this for me so but I want to totally. be able to do it for you totally totally and and that honestly is is where I come from um and teaching here I mean I wouldn't ever pursue teaching really anywhere else for here I would teach I think performing and everything else and things to go into for me is London but for right now when I'm teaching here it's primarily for for, for that reason because I, I did it here I came from here and I I did it for a, not not just a short period of time but a prolonged decade mm. period of time so that kind of knowledge I, I mean I just wish I had someone that I knew of when I was training up here and, and this was I, I didn't I literally had to just be blindfolded and learn 
good, for, you know, the ups and downs way to the industry, literally mm-hmm. just blind leading the blind. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I've had someone who could just come in and be like, oh, listen, I've done it. This is, this is how, how I did it. This is how I did these things. And this is how, you know, you can make a transition. It's not even that. I think coming from Scotland, it's, it's more life skills, you need life mm-hmm. skills. To, to get you out, out of that transition and obviously the industry's so different now from, from from when I first started it's a whole so different, different. <laughs> yeah, so, different. so different yeah um, so they, they need different tools do you yeah. know what I mean oh completely like even just like the how social media savvy everyone is you know like we didn't think yeah. about that like if you think back to like like when I started kind of working like 2009 2010 like that wasn't even a thing like we had a Blackberry, like you'd be excited if you had a Blackberry and you could like, <laughs> you'd just be like, you go to rehearsals and you just, you'd just ask everyone their pin and that would be your way of, you know, that'd be the coolest thing uh, ever. Absolutely. And I think back to that now and I'm like, do you know what? That was sheer bliss because see now, oh, I, I mean, I do, I do feel uh, my heart goes out as well a little bit because I, I find it hard with the social as social media aspect, even just seeing from the kids I teach you and, and, and what they have, what they're exposed to really. Um, and, and what they have to keep up with. We never had that. It was literally mm. real life connections. Your relationships were with people that were real, like they were tangible. You, you would only speak to them if you seen them and were in the same physical space as them. Whereas now a lot of that lies mm. online and, it, and it's, it's, it's the, the relationships aren't really real. Mm. So they've got, they've, I think with that, there's there's so many ups and downs and they've got a harder way to navigate into the industry. I feel that like when, when I did it and, and we did it, I felt it was a lot more straightforward. Whereas now I think that is, is, is it's got its positive sides, it has. It's also got its negatives and they've got a lot more. I just think it opens a whole body of worms and I think they've got a lot more getting thrown at them than I yeah. ever did. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I, I like that. I think, you know, when you said that we had a much more straightforward, it was like for us to get in the room or on the job, it was very much like you either had to be booked directly or you auditioned for it. Like yeah. if they'd never seen you in human, you were never getting the job. Whereas Absolutely. now I guess there's so many different ways that someone can be booked on a job, which is great because it opens up more opportunities. But then I guess where are you putting like how you what what basket you putting your eggs in like if you're spreading them all evenly then they're going to be a a like a lower valued or a lower quality version of maybe what you can actually offer because I think maybe if our lifestyle was just you know uh dancers inc have put on an audition uh for teamers in town we all go and you know that that's the only thing you have to think about for that day yeah. You know, whereas now it's like, I guess maybe, and it's interesting because I've never thought of it this way, but like their their day consists of, or a younger generation dancer now trying to break in consists of, there's probably not going to be any auditions, but I need to keep in touch with agents if there is. I have to check Spotlight, which I, I've never been on, but you have to check Spotlight and use that. Yeah. I have to make sure your Instagram is looking savvy and you look cool yeah. on that. Like, I guess there is a lot more things to think about to keep your business yeah. You know, well, that, well, that's it. And, and I constantly hear the word and, and it pains me, but I constantly hear it is the word aesthetic. Now, that word comes up all the time about all the kids talking about their Instagram. What is their aesthetic they're giving out? And I think that that is important. But again, going back to simpler times when it was us coming into the industry, my aesthetic was my look. My mm. aesthetic was literally what I showed you 
right in front of you and if it if it what if it didn't fit you know if it didn't fit the shoe never fit you never got the job and there mm. was loads of that there was loads of rejections but there was loads of positive experiences as well whereas now you know co- coming from glasgow what i'm seeing is a lot of people are training here and they're working so so hard to get their instagram amazing get their aesthetic great you know shoving out all the class videos they can shove out at one time and and to keep what I call is that that keeping up. And what's happening is, is that they get so complacent with the online gratification that they never get out of the studio. And this is the problem because they're training here and they're in Glasgow and their full career is still in Glasgow, still teaching, still taking classes. And I say, what I try and instill is, guys, that's great. Try and have both, like get up, like do your thing that you want to do with the Instagram and keep up your aesthetic, as they say. But the the key is here, the key is here. That will only go far, go only so far, and it'll only make you so much money. Like you have to get out of the studio and you need to get on set. You need to get booking jobs. You need to get mm. in front of people. Like that is the industry. And that's online. They're two separate things and they yeah. require two separate skill sets. So there's an online profession and there's an actual industry profession and they're two very different things. And it's finding that balance and not allowing all the likes and the hits be complacent to the point mm. where you don't actually have a tangible career or something you can touch, taste and smell. Like you want to get on stage, you want to be live, you want to do the tours, you want to like and to get to that you're going to have to step out of the studio there is a point where that needs to shut down at some point and you work you mm. know what I mean they're, they're two different things so I always push that to, to my students here in Glasgow because don't get complacent with that online presence because again it's it's not an actual tangis, tangible industry career you want to mm. you want to push past that and keep striving and that's the complacency that I feel like I, I don't know what it is or, or you know anywhere else in the world but my experience where I teach and with Glasgow students that's what I feel and it's a worry for me because I want because there's there's so many talented people up here and I want to see them go out there and actually have real careers mm. and do it because I know they can they've got the ability so I always just instill that more drive in them yeah. than, than the actual online presence. But I think it's, it's just as important, but there's a fine line where, where you break out of it mm. and you actually have, have your career. So you know I'm, about, I'm about to blow your mind, okay? Because it blew my right. mind and I, I think it'll blow yours too. Um, right. So I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but like there's an agency now. I don't know if there's multiple agencies, but I know of one agency in particular, which is kind of, scouting younger cool trendy young looking dancers to build them up to be tiktok stars so then they can make like an agency fee and commission off their tiktok revenue i'm like wait what you're trying to help them become a tiktok star like like and you're you're going you should do tiktoks you should do these like and they're working together like i guess as a dance agent for tiktok and i'm like Like, I get it because there's money to be made. But, you know, you're just like, my brain would never even think that that would be like a a business or a job or like you should have an agent or as an or would an agent try and get younger dancers into doing that for a career. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, I mean, there's a whole, I mean, there is a whole other world for it. And and as you're saying, it is mind-blowing because the thought of that even from, from what 
my career is what we've did is like I was just what? dying to get on X Factor or like yeah, on a TV show you know get on X Factor. Like, I, I can't comprehend it but and this this is this is where I'm, I'm saying they have a whole other thing that they're dealing with that we never had to and that's why I you know I do feel because I, I find it that's that's hard that's mm. really hard to push up to and and keep up with and the, the thing is that that kind of um industry is there but again I mean you can be as successful as you like and that that is correct you can be as successful as you like but I really hope that when the kids come out and and they do maybe find success in doing things like that I mean your TikToks you do make your TikToks at home or you make them in a studio or you make them on a location but I really do hope that they have that but they also say you know what I want to dance for this artist and, and you know and that does take them onto sets and it does take them onto stages because there's no better feeling in the world as you know dancing with live bands getting in front of, of audiences like feeling the actual um energy of of live performance and to be a true professional in that in that kind of room is, mm. is a whole different experience and I, I I want that for them and I think it would be amazing if you can have both mm. I mean Dreams can happen. I mean, you can have both. Bo- both is the win, important. isn't it? Then you feel, yeah. you know, you fill in both cups. Um, so what was yeah. kind of your introduction into like uh the industry? I if I'm correct, and I remember this from a very long time ago, you were on yeah. Dirty Dancing and you won it, right? Was that your first introduction into kind of like TV and work? Like what was the beginning? Uh, uh, do you know? The, the Dirty Dancing era for me was kind of my second goal mm-hmm. in the industry. I had a goal before that that didn't go so well. What it was it? Tell us, so well. tell us. Oh, my goodness. Right. Well, I'll tell you an infamous story right now. And, and it involves Brian Friedman. And he shared the story many times as well. <laughs> and I look back now and I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so basically, when I first moved to London, I didn't know anyone Um and it was all of the big cattle call editions, constant cattle call editions, always getting told, no, 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 no. It was no's everywhere. And I think I'd, I'd been there about a year and that was pretty consistent of how, how it looked like it was going for me. And then one day I had, it was an open call for X Factor. And I had the edition and it was Brian Friedman. And ruthless. Yeah, I remember it was at Husky Studios. What? Husky Studios. Huskies. Brian in Huskies? Yes, it was there. It was there. So we went there and it was a big cattle call. And I remember I did really well at the audition. I did really well. I felt like I'd done really well. And it showed. I got booked for the job. It was my first job with Brian. Um, and I was booked with four other girls. I had dark hair at the time. And I remember on that job, I remember seeing some icons. There was BB, there was Anthony, there was Gaz Davis and all that. There was a, a mass collection of boys who were amazing. And I remember like just always seeing them at additions and be like, oh my God, like they're really doing it. Like they're like really working. And I was on the job with them and I felt really inspired. I was like, oh my God, maybe this is it. So we get to like week one. I got booked on week one, day one. So I was one of the first four girls to get in the rehearsal room. Can't remember what year this was, but this is pre-dirty dancing. And I did the job. First day went okay. Second day was diabolical. It was an absolute hot mess. 
I literally was getting everything wrong. Anything Brian was shoving at me, I was messing it up. He was telling me to go one way, I was going the other. It was a mess. I was cut. I remember <laughs> coming home in tears. I was on the train. I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to dance again. I'm fine. And then we, it got, it just continually got worse. We got to the live shows. Uh, kept messing up, couldn't take direction. It was just a, it was an absolute disaster. I mean, bless Jerry Reeve. What I, I always remember, Jerry Reeve is one of the most nicest people in the industry that I'd ever ever met, and he came he over. Sure he sure is. He was one of the nicest guys, and he was like, "Listen, Pam, just get it together because Brian is raging." Yeah. <laughs> I remember when like, Brian he was like, "You're going to get fired if you don't do." Anyway, he hated me. I was terrible, and quite rightly so. I was terrible, and I uh, bless Jerry. I just remember him being so nice to me about it. And Brian was like, "Listen, you're going to get fired if you don't get it together." And you, you, you just don't want to be that one target. And I was because I was such a mess. And do you know what it was? I was just so nervous. I'd fought for so long to get a job and I'd finally got there and I just, I was so nervous and I was in a big city on my own. I was just completely consumed, overwhelmed and just an absolute mess. So anyway, after that, never worked on that series of X Factor again. Quite rightly so. I was like, that's it. My career's done. It's officially done. It's officially done. And he has that, and Brian has that thing, doesn't he? Even when he just says your name, you can imagine him like, Pam and you inside you're like that oh shit it was a mess I was awful I was so bad I like sucked to the highest degree so anyway never thought I was going to work again that was it done I was like right I'm officially pan bread out of here and then dirty dancing happened and I thought right one last go literally one last one last go one last and then I auditioned for dirty dancing and then I, I got on the show um, and the producer phoned me and said that we're flying out to Virginia to shoot and all this stuff. So anyway, that kind of era started for me after a terrible start in the industry. It was awful, like the worst experience I had. And it was just from, from me being inexperienced. That's why I'm, I try to chuck all my experience to kids coming into the industry here because I was just so unprepared, even though I trained and all that and I had my degree, I just mentally was so unprepared for the industry. I did not have a clue. Again, whole new skill set. You have to learn it. And so Brian is a Brian is like the most intense level of it as well. Yeah. So like, you know, give yeah. yourself a bit of credit. It's not like you just went in and you worked oh, like, like you didn't go in and work for like Sean Niles, who's just really nice to you all the time. <laughs> like like Sean oh, doesn't sure. even Sean doesn't even want to tell you if you've made a mistake, but like oh, you went in for Brian, who's gonna call you out for your pinky being yeah, in the wrong place. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, so, so it's pressure. So, I like to book your first job and that be your first job. It was pretty bad, and I'd done so well at the addition. It was just such a shame. My year, the years have carried on, and thank God I was able to revive myself. And Brian laugh, laughs about it now, and I think he just knows that sometimes that's how I work and <laughs> you just know but he would he will laugh when we tell people about it we, we really do because it was such a bad experience but from, from X from Dirty Dance and I'd, I'd revived myself and obviously I went on to win that show and when the show aired it just so happened that I was in London at the time I think I was out with uh, James Collins and Emma Dubies and Kelly Brook was a judge on Dirty Dancing and she had a West End show happening at the time. So we went to see that and Brian was in the audience. Um, and I think Dirty Dancing had been airing at this point. It was it was quite in the mid-series and I'd seen Brian. I thought, oh, there's Brian again. Oh no, he's going to hit me. <laughs> but it just so happens we came up, we we spoke. He's like, I'm watching you on Dirty Dancing. He's like, you're 
doing amazing and everything like that. And then like literally a week later, um, Jerry had contacted me and I, I was booked on X Factor again. So I had a second reprise and thankfully it went well that week. And, you know, five, five years in Conjacent running. I did X Factor I for Prime for like five years after that, every most most weeks, most episodes. And then I did the tour as well. So I kind of had a full circle moment yeah. coming back and I actually had a chance to revive myself. Do you, think, do you think doing X Factor kind of, because you said, you know, you weren't mentally ready for that yeah. first job. And like, you know what it's like, you can train yeah. all you want. There's not a feeling. You can't replicate going on set. You can't yeah. replicate that manicness of like, you know, Hold runners running around stage. everywhere. People going, you're on stage in three, two, one, go. Like, you just can't yeah. replicate that. Do Hold you think, it. because you'd never experienced it, that first one was so intense. Dirty Dancing, I guess, is kind of like, there was so much filming and there's a camera yeah. on you so much. Did it yeah. kind of normalize that? Oh, there's a camera on me. It did. It, it fueled me because I thought it was so bad what had happened on X Factor. I literally had, as, as, a, as a new dancer coming into the industry, from, from my own misfaults or whatever you would call it, I had literally the most eye-opening experience and the most harshest way you could have it served cold mm. that I knew that I couldn't go back that way ever again. And, I, and from that moment, I had to reprise myself moving forward. And it was a pure drive. And, mm. and every week I was like, I'm going to smash it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to do it. Can't mess it up. And, it's, and, and, I, and I made myself learn fast. Like I learned mm. real fast after that. So, you know, I kind of went through the school of hardships to come out at the other end. But I, I, I just didn't honestly have a clue. And do you know what it was? It was the fast paced of everything. It was the quickness of it all. Um, and that that's kind of what I feel people don't understand now um you know have having the online careers like when you are it's, it's the fastness of it all and how much you literally need to be on it mm. all the time time is money and and you need to think fast on your feet all the time and how things get choreographed it's not being the best dancer and refraining how you do no, it's choreography being, it's being the smartest dancer yeah and you, you I mean we all know from X Factor like you've got to learn things on the spot you've got to do it in reverse you've got to but it's just, it's a whole different mm. skill set than yeah. being in, in, a, in a class. It's different, even though your training is super important. Um, it's just, it's just totally different. Mm. I agree. Um, so after Dirty Dancing, you went on, you worked for Brian, you know, you kind of reestablished yourself in his good books. Um, yeah. What, what then, okay. obviously, oh, so I was. from uh, Dirty Dancing, you won your contract with Block. What was the yeah. move like? What was it like going out there for the first time? Well, when I had first moved out to LA back then, I can't remember the year, but it was back then. And me, when I moved out with James Collins, we were literally the first two people to the two, we were the first two international clients to be signed to Block. So we were the very first wow. one visa holders to be signed to Block. And I remember it was a big deal at the time because they put us in their leaflet for Carnival. We'd went to Carnival, you know, Carnival. Yeah, and of we were in the leaflet is the first international client signed to block. So it was a big deal. It was the first to and saying first international, there was the two, there was Amy who was signed from Dirty Dancing the year before. So technically she would have been the first 
But I think me and James coming out, we would have been the second. There was literally like three of us from Dirty mm. Dancing and we were the first. So it was it was a big experience. Straight after um, Dirty Dancing, we flew out there to take class and just get a vibe for LA and just understand the actual like realism of it before we actually moved there, but which I thought was quite smart at the time. But from the move, it just it it just kind of happened all really quick. Um, and when we got there, you know, we, we had a lot of learning as I, again that the life book came out, and there was just so much learning happening left, right, center. But thankfully, on top of that, a lot of work as well, which helped me be there for so long because without the work, it just mm. wouldn't have been tangible. So I was lucky, but there was a lot of life experiences that had to happen to make that really move forward mm. there for me. Um, but it, it, it just kind of happened really quick when we first moved out. Um, and I remember the first day I arrived there, we shot a video, a video for Brian um, for a new artist and my first day there we, f- we spent all day on set so I was like right this is a good start we just have to keep it going this way and it was really good for Brian to do that for us and I always like thank him endlessly for that because it just it kind of set the tone for my LA journey and yeah. it was just so nice like I remember Wiley was was working there was Laurel like all of the most amazing dancers and I just got to sit back you know and watch that main ensemble do do a combo like do their their shooting that day Mm. and we were just like in awe of these dancers you know and and from then on it taught me like when I'm going to be on set I'm going to know who everyone is like I want to know everyone's resume I want to know who that dancer is I want to know what they've done Mm -hmm. and I kind of got that vibe very very quick so that when I was on jobs with people I knew who I was working alongside because LA seems like a big industry but it's not it's quite small especially when you're you find yourself working with the same people all the time. It's it seems big, but it's not. Yeah, not, not as big as I guess you think it is, but it is bigger than the UK. I guess you just have bigger. Yeah. Um, there's more opportunity for sure, and yeah. and a more I would say diverse selection of working choreographers. That's what I found. It's like you know they're yeah, a lot totally. more like style based. Like so, you've got more specific jazz funk or more hip hop or some specialising like. Uh, like a Marty Kadalka style of movement, whereas in the UK, I feel like we have a very, uh, a more limited range of sty- stylistic choreography that we do for jobs, you know? Yeah, yeah there, I, I remember that specifically um, when I was out there auditioning. I was always auditioning for different people. I mean, I was lucky enough to work for quite a lot of the same people a lot of the time, but the actual audition process out there was, oh, oh, so hard. And mm. it was for, for all different um types of choreographers and that's why again I always talk about the the dance up your training in Glasgow I'm like you've got to be versatile because we you just it was required so much every edition was so so different and for me booking a job there I literally had I mean I was lucky enough to get some direct book you know do the direct mm. booking thing uh, kind of the latter part of of my career there but to get it going I mean I literally had to wait in the 400 person line and yeah. get into center stage I, i've tried explaining that to people which have like never experienced that la auditions nice. and i'm like i'm like right imagine now. imagine the biggest audition you've ever done in the uk that's almost everyone you do out there exactly. you know when you're stood outside exactly. with your resume in like 80 degree heat or it's fucking oh, boiling you're sweating, and you're holding your life together and you're like i've been stood here for four hours and there's still a line 
knows I remember you. it well. I remember it well. And I'll tell you what. And and I and I, that was that was that was going on for years for me. Like every, I always felt like every job I booked, I had to wait in a cattle call line to book it. And and it, oh, it was four four hundred, and then tours, and sometimes you know we're up at center stage. I was there mm. 11, 12 o'clock at night. Auditioning in that for car tours, park, waiting outside. In the car park, rehearsing to go back in in your group. Like oh geez, like the the kids the kids nowadays yeah. wouldn't wouldn't know that type of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's well, they, I just you know those auditions don't happen anymore. No. You know, no. like I did an audition yesterday, and there was like thirty people in the room. Yeah. Like thirty guys. I was just like. Oh, this is like the final round. Like, you know, you're like, <laughs> we've just walked in and I've got to the end. This is great. I know. It's so de- I know that. And that's what I see. I said, that wouldn't have, that's not the norm anymore. Especially with the times we're in just now, mm. especially after a pandemic, that won't ever happen again. But at any times, I think it was really good training because it trained you just to be on it. Like you had, I knew to book the job, I had to be in the top five best in the room. I just know that you do the math. I'm mm. like, right, okay, I need to be, and, and, and keeping in mind, I was in the room with like Taj O'Reilly, uh, Noelle Marshes. I was in the room with like icon stars every time I auditioned. So I really had to up my game. And, but I mean, thankfully, it, it just became a lifestyle for me. Um, mm. I actually ended up really liking auditioning. It just, I had my resume in my car outfits ready I was ready mm-hmm. to go anytime I got one and and I actually enjoyed it because um it, it just became regular for me and I became so comfortable in my own skin mm-hmm. auditioning that it actually worked for me and I think e- even now more than ever I see that the kids here when you go down to London or whatever d- try and get as comfortable with yourself as you possibly can your true authentic self because more so than anything that always worked for me mm. um and and Ellie I, no matter what what the job was I just show, showed up quite authentic to who I was because I, I was always I, I mean I don't think you could have put me in an overgeneralization group I was very specific to what I could do but that worked for me and sometimes it didn't but mm. more so than others because it was authentic it worked and people believed it because it was real mm. um, and that more than being the best dancer in the room I certainly wasn't I wasn't certainly the best technical dancer in the room absolutely not I had miles to go over some people but for myself, I always was a natural performer because I was comfortable with who I authentically was. Yeah. And that was comfortable for people to watch. And for me, that worked. That's how I booked a lot of my jobs because I, for that pure reason alone, and more more so than anything, that's what I put on the kids here. It's more about performance for me and being your authentic self because that mm. really is, is all you've got to carry you. Because if, you, if you're not authentic and believe that truly yourself, um, nobody else is going to. Nobody yeah. else is going to do that. Was there anything that you did, like, preparing for, like, auditions and stuff? Like, obviously, besides, like, just having your shit together. Like, I was the same. I'd have all my headshots and resumes tucked in the boot yeah. of my car. Like, I had spare audition clothes just in case they did a second round. And I wanted to yeah. look fresh and not be sweaty. And it literally just lived in the trunk of my car. Which I guess yeah. in London isn't so easy to do because we don't really have cars. Like exactly. in, but in LA, yeah. you just had like your emergency kit in the trunk yeah. of your car, right? That's what I did too. Um, totally. Was there anything that you did like to yourself, like mentally? Did you have like a like you know some people like 
they're quite spiritual or they have like a mantra or mm-hmm. they they do some like breathing exercises for it was there anything that you would kind of do to kind of mm-hmm. cheer yourself up and get yourself ready or maybe calm yourself down in a state of like you know nervousness before these yeah. like high pressure moments yeah I think I think for me um coming into that really competitive atmosphere because that's that's what it was it was it was very highly competitive even though it was very nice and actually was was actually really nice and I was lucky I had a nice environments additionally I actually mm. enjoyed it but I mean it was fiercely competitive so for me in that mindset going back to how it started for me which was really quite bad I, I just did I calm myself down I didn't panic I always had I always said to myself if it if what will be will be and if it doesn't happen it's it's really not for me and I had to learn that the hard way at the start of my career and but I just so believed that I just was calm I just was calm and I didn't I took the pressure off myself every time I just alleviated it don't get me wrong I mean I'm 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 not I'm human and and some jobs I wanted more than others because maybe yeah, you hadn't worked in a couple of months it would be in a quiet period you really needed this job like all different other reasons but more so than anything I just kept calm and I accepted the situation for what it was because it's hard in that situation and it's it's a tough life as a dancer because you would go in there and sometimes you would smell the desperation and people to work and god love them it's it's hard and people need money to survive money to live that sense of desperation for me um I had to eliminate had to eliminate that so I, I just found a calm in myself and, and an acceptance of the situation if I didn't get it I didn't put too much pressure on myself I literally tried to enjoy it that's, that's literally what I did mm. and more times than so that that worked for me and um, but it's hard to eliminate that that feel of, of desperation because it's such a hard industry I mean you, you look at what we've, we've done now and for people to go across to LA to make the move to London to do all that I mean the, the you're, I look back now and I'm like oh god I was only like 20 when I did all that when I was 21 like to take yourself from a small country and then move into a massive industry not only a massive industry the most competitive industry on the planet Mm. place yourself in the heart of it and just go I mean that takes a lot of courage and you 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 know I look back now and I give myself young my younger self credit for that because at the time I didn't realize what I was actually doing mm. and how big it was. I, you know, I just thought it was normal. This, this is what you do. And I look back now and I'm like, it, it was nowhere near normal. No, <laughs> so nobody, not. nobody just does that. But, you know, so you give your, your younger self credit for that and you realize how big that actually was. And I, I had a mentor in LA at the time um, and she was a massive role for me in that because she would always say to me, Pam, you know what? See, see even just being here, like just being here and doing it she's like do you know that's a big deal and that that makes you already successful and I I really had to start listening to her there Miranda Garrison the absolute legend Miranda Garrison if if it wasn't for her instilling me in that when I got to LA I wouldn't have been so calm in my situation and where I was you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um not that I was calm all the time I was wild but (laughs) calm in the sense that you know for work my, 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 my outlook on work was calm mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah it's interesting isn't it like I, I I teach now a lot of students and even yeah. the ones which are like in their <laughs> early 20s some 22 23 I like I don't know what it is but I go 
in my head I see them as like 17 18 because I just I like I moved to London like at 20 I remember having my 20th birthday in London with like BB and Cisco everyone like in the deep end do you know what I mean like like in the 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 Hollywood of the UK and then I remember going to LA at like 22 23 like that like like you said and it's weird like how you know probably I probably wasn't ready but how I felt so like mature and I felt so eager and I felt so like I can do this and nothing is going to stop me yeah you know what I mean and I don't know if it's a generational thing and I'm not putting it down on a newer generation but everyone's so like fragile yeah and everyone's so sensitive and there's such a sense of naivety yeah you know Totally. That's, I mean, because even think back to yourself, what you were doing at 20, right? What you were doing at 20, what you were doing at 23, right? And you look mm. back now and you're like, oh my goodness. And you realise how, how big that was and, and the courage it took. But, but that I think that's because um, when, when we were that age, we really had to work hard for things or it just wouldn't happen. We had mm. to work hard. We didn't get instant gratification. We there didn't get no a one... well. No one give us a like. No, we no, didn't we a... didn't get like. You got a well our, done our if like it was, was you. Yeah, our like was like booking a gig with a really good choreographer amongst amazing talent. That was our gratification. Mm. So we we didn't. So so you look back now and and maybe maybe the reasoning for that is the complacency that's happening through social media there is a complacency because it is instant gratification that's just a fact Mm. so that maybe eliminates drive which is a problem do you know what I mean and that's again why I'm always taking it back and saying listen that's cool to have that but take it for what it is and understand you know the the broader scope of it all and and get yourself in the room get yourself out there and actually have real life experiences because I'll I'll tell you what that will really change your life more than anything so it's kind of taking away that complacency which we didn't even have the option of having we never had the option of complacency I mean I don't even think I had a Facebook until after Dirty Dancing (laughs) or something And, and I remember after Dirty Dancing Facebook was the thing and I'd like oh I I mean tens of thousands of requests because it just played in China uh, tens of thousands of and I, I remember deleting that Facebook account and being like this is too much I was like it's too much and now we have and now everyone's like yeah give and me now followers. we want followers we want followers and, and I'm like oh my god I'll probably like be verified on like Facebook or Instagram if I'd kept that account I just yeah. deleted it all but again you, you don't know what's ahead and you don't you don't know what's and and say and 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 how the game's going to change and, and, and Instagram has done that has changed the game in good ways and bad ways I think there's there's ups and downs of everything pros and cons indeed um so you know your 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 resume your CV is literally if you could go back to being you know eighteen year old Pam it is I'm sure your dream and more um are there any moments that stick out to you? Or that you remember where you uh, maybe on set or an audition or on stage where you really felt like, oh, my God, like my dreams have come true or I've accomplished this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think for, for me, um, t- to be honest, there's, there's been a lot of moments in my career like that. There's been a lot um, and they've all been very different. Um I remember when I just I just felt so lucky that I could have a career in London and 
simultaneously in LA for a long period of time I had that and I felt really mm. lucky because um, I would come and I would work in London then I would go back to LA and that kind of just jucks up in that positioning of working life for me I really felt so, so I've, I've always been super grateful but it, but I look back now and it, it was so fast I didn't take it in at all I didn't take it in at all but I would probably say that the first epic moment where I thought oh I'm really doing it was when I had booked, I'd been in LA and I'd, I'd worked somewhat, I'd worked somewhat and then I'd booked a job, I, I got an audition for a TV show and it was actually for P Diddy at the mm-hmm. time, Puff Daddy, Sean, John, everyone you call him, right? So mm-hmm. I'd booked a, a reality show with him through Laurieanne Gibson and it was for making the band part two. Sick. and it was for the casting the dancers for making the band and I was cast as one of the dancers who would live in the house and compete to do his, his, his tour album The Last Train to Paris mm-hmm. um, so anyway we had all the documentation for that and everything but the contract fell through so I didn't get that job and I was absolutely devastated I was devastated so um, I remember a couple of days after that I had a call for another job with with Laurieann for another artist and it was for Katy Perry and from that job I'd booked it literally a few days after that audition I got flown out um to New York to do the Today Show with Katy Perry and we'd rehearsed in Alvin Ailey which mm-hmm. for me was just like a dream come true I, I was literally in front of the Alvin Ailey studios, like, what is life right now? <laughs> uh, came, uh, you know what I'm saying? I was, uh, I rehearsed for four, we rehearsed for four days. We did a, a, a few numbers back to back. Um, and I performed at the Today Show live on air in the middle of New York. I was like, what is happening? The, the I remember the full street down was just packed with people. Um, and just everything about it was just so major. It was live. It was live television. It was with Katy Perry. And that moment there for me, uh, it was a pinch myself moment. Mm. I thought, wow, I've, I've really done it. Because I remember when I was training in Edinburgh, when I was getting my degree, we flew out to New York to take classes for like a week. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking by Alvin Ailey that time, like with just my eyes were just like oh my god Alvin Ailey I was so taken aback by the full experience and that for me is where it harbored a love for dance and I knew I wanted to dance for artists after coming back from New York and then to do a full circle moment and be rehearsing there on stage live with a today show like that for me was like that that probably is the one time I actually took in my career and what I've done Mm. that was probably the one time every other time it was just chaos that's that's what you know what it's like I'm very similar I always try and think back to specific moments and I'm like oh what was that experience like and I'm always a bit like yeah do I know what it's like am I like uh, what I remember it as am I making it up as what I wanted it to be like because I was so busy thinking about oh when this job finishes what am I doing next you know like how am I paying rent next month like when's the next casting when's the next audition what am I doing tomorrow who's teaching tonight like I was so on the go because I was so afraid of taking my foot off the gas that I'd lose momentum you know what I mean and now now I'm like wow I probably could have enjoyed stuff so much more absolutely I I think now I I tell you what like nature's never changed you are who you are I always say that but I'm like oh my goodness if I only had my brain now 
back then, like so much uh, more stuff would have happened. More stuff would mm. have been more. But I mean, that's in hindsight. But again, not knowledge is power. It really, really is. It's a true mm. saying. Yeah. And you do. You look back and you're like, wow, that that like the moments you should have taken in and and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I've, I've had a great career and I look at the things I've done, but I think back and I did, I made a lot of mistakes as well. I made a, oh, a hell of a lot of mistakes. Oh, me too. I still do. You know, every, every day I make a mistake, but I, yeah. I'm the same as you, but I, I heard this saying the other day, it was on TV and I'm probably going to butcher it a little bit, but it was like, you can't right. be old and wise until you've been young and dumb correct and it's, it's like so and it's so true and it's like all the mistakes like that i've made and there's been fucking lots of them like oh, and, I probably, and i've probably said the wrong things at the wrong time and pissed people off on jobs you know i've i think yeah. if there's probably a mistake i've made it yeah but yeah. it's made me who i am now and like oh, it sounds silly but like and i'm sure you're the same really proud of who i am now yeah you know? absolutely. you know absolutely. and i think you can't really find that unless you've probably made mistakes no to- totally totally and, and, and again, the mistakes probably led to something else happened that was meant to happen and it was meant to go that way anyway. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. So you look, you've got to look at things that way. But in, in hindsight, looking back, um, and, 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 you know, I, I, I actually never actually appreciated my career. I didn't actually, it took me a long time to actually give myself, um, like, the acknowledgement I think mm. to what I'd done as a dancer, I I never acknowledged it. I always because mm-hmm. you know you're you're world you're your own harsh crit- critic anyway. There was always things I think I could have done that. Oh, I should have did that as well. I should I should have did that. I should I should have been on that job as well. And you should have did it this way and that way. Always that kind of type of mindset until I'd mm. actually came back and took a step back and and seen people really try and and be witness to people really try to achieve their dreams and how hard it is and, and how they're doing it and 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 what they've got to navigate through and I'm like geez that's all behind me I've done that mm. like that's crazy and then then only then was for me coming back here full circle again full circle moment was mm. was taking in my, my career and what I've done and really accepting accepting and owning all my credits and everything I've done yeah, you know what I mean and there's you know to be able to do that i think you do have to come obviously over the other side of your career and just be be able to go i'm not not that you're not eager to succeed anymore but you're not like obviously yeah. chasing it like you were before because you can Definitely. take your foot off the gas and sit back and appreciate it yeah my, um, my best friend kyle he um we went to school together went to high school i got him into dance and he you know he's had a very successful west end career like right. an ensemble and stuff like that Listen. and uh i always say to him we used to get the bus to school in the morning and we used to have one headphone each of his MP3 player and we'd play, food, and we'd play tracks from you got served and we'd practice crip walking whilst waiting for the bus. Oh and goodness. I always say to him, wow, 14 year old Kane and Kyle never expected this, you know? Wow. And it's just that moment of like, if you can pinpoint a moment where like you remember just it being yeah. such a far dream. And I think Absolutely. it's quite hard to do that, but that's always the moment for me. I got, I remember us always being on the bus stop thinking how much we wanted to be able to dance. And it yeah. wasn't a thing. And it's like, you know, to give yourself a pat on the back sometimes. No, totally, totally. And I, th- I think that's super important. And I think, you know, advice to the kids I teach here in Glasgow going out to do it, I say that to them. I'm like, just take it in. Like the fact that you're even like getting down to London, you're getting signed with an agent, like that itself, like you're on the right track. 
just mm. em- embrace it all because you're on the right track. And and that for me um, was just always a half measure. That was always not quite there yet. So yeah. that kind of mindset has changed now that I've got older. But it changes along with it changes along with your dreams, um, things you want to do. I mean, it, it comes your your dreams come in different waves, and and you they change they change yeah. over time as well naturally once once you set a goal you go through it you live that for quite a long time and you experience it, it your your dreams change after that and you go on to other things no they certainly do <laughs> they do because you know? then your dream which was once a huge dream once you've done it and you you surpass it you don't look down on it but you kind of go oh i did that like yeah, you know what i mean like and it morphs and it and it grows into something else um but I mean, it, and then that—that's what I love now as well. I I love seeing, and this this is the this is a great thing about Instagram. This is something about Instagram I really like, because I get to see all of like my friends and that are in LA and everything like that. I still get to see what what they're doing right now, and some of them are still in the industry. But I, I love they've got a consistency and they've always had a consistency in it, and even now today that they're still living it and working it and doing it. And that for me is the utmost respect because like they're, they're still facing all the challenges that are different. They're still facing all of that, but they're still working, mm. but they've got all that experience behind them. And it's still very much prevalent, even in LA from mm. my friends who are in the industry doing it right now, working as professionals. Um, it's very much pre- prevalent how it's changed, but they are, because they came from a time when you really had to work for things. Mm. It's, it's gave them a sustainability that it's, it's hard to come by. People still mm. want that. People still want to hire that. Do you know mm. what I mean? Which I find amazing. And I get to see all that unfold on Instagram. And that's the type of things I like to mm. see. I like to see success stories on Instagram. And that, that gives you easy access to, to see all that. And that is one of the good things about it. It sure there's, is. There's very, it can be very inspiring. No, totally. totally. Um, what do you think... Because, you know, we talk about the the highs. What do you think is, especially as a, from a female perspective, what do you think yeah. is the most challenging thing about your career or maybe your profession as a female performer? What do you think are some of the most challenging things? Um, well, as a female, I think for, for me, technically speaking, factually speaking, when I was auditioning, there was a lot more female to men it just it just was a it was more cutthroat to get a job there was a lot more competition it just was always that way for some reason when you're in the room there was a lot more females than there was males I felt like it was harder to get a job just being a female in general mm-hmm. um and then on top of that there, there was just a lot of stipulations coming with being a female like but things that we were expected to have in rehearsals and uh, you know certain looks we have to feel okay with and I'm so glad that you know when I started working that, that type of um, rigid thinking was quite strict when I was mm. working like I would have to show up to rehearsals with my face done I would always have to look good like you couldn't come in especially for dancing for a male artist you couldn't come in without any makeup on like you had to look a certain way and there was a high high pressure for that all the time whereas now I feel like barriers have been broke with that way of thinking for female dancers and it's just a totally different game which Mm. I'm glad to see there's been a movement but for me that was hard I had to keep up with that a lot as a female um and and for me especially dancing for male artists it was a big thing Mm. so 
now that's not so much um and also for for females I feel like from my experience in general I I was working up until I was oh I was about nearly five months pregnant until I was working in LA and when I'd made the move back and I feel for females as well I mean not everyone's the same everyone has their own business and what they want to do but if you are a female and you want to transition over to having children that 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 affects your career massively it throws a big spanner on the works and you've got a lot of decisions to make and for me um I was working in LA at the time I think I was doing the Latin Grammys or something like that I was working in LA um, and I had to pull and make that decision what I wanted to do at that point okay I've had this 10 year long career I'm obviously going to have to take some time out mm. um to have a baby and things like that but I mean thankfully um I had a good platform to bounce off of and 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 come back from whereas I don't think that's the case but for some females maybe it's not maybe they've not got that support and background so when mm. that happens everything just disintegrates and falls so it, it's hard and, and I think there should be more support for female dancers coming back if they want to maybe after having mm-hmm. children it's different for guys i mean obviously they can have babies and everything and that they're still going to work yeah, yeah they still go to work for girls that stops um and, and that's kind of an unspoken thing in the industry that i feel needs to be more spoke about because i even remember i, I was on set at the time and and i you know my I'm, i was i was 30 at this point and i was pregnant with with my daughter and, and I remember someone saying oh you know that so-and-so is pregnant and and when they're pregnant they just go ghost it's done it's gone honey and I remember sitting here in that you know as I was pregnant and I've just worked my whole life for this big career um but for me at that point thankfully my dreams had changed I'd, I'd achieved a lot I'd, I was okay taking time out I was okay mm-hmm. with it I was in a good place but what, what if that person isn't in a good place and they've still got things to do and things, maybe they want to have their baby and come back and do it. That mm-hmm. I think there just need, needs to be a bit more open-mindedness yeah, for female dancers just, in that way. Well, there's not, there's not a lot of support for dancers as there is, male or female, no matter what exactly. the situation. But if we, if we change the circumstance and we said you were a, a male, uh, sorry, a female athlete who is a gymnast, say you were a... a gold uh, always getting gold medals and you're an olympic gymnast like if you fell pregnant and had a child the amount of support you would have to get your body back to the way it was to get you mentally and stably to get you back to get you back on the podium to get you back performing the way you were like you'd have so much support but because we're self-employed and because we work for ourselves we just don't have that support system no you know like there's no there's no one to even check that, you know, your your hormones are going back to normal. Like, you yeah. know, like, I, I don't know what? the exact terminology of it, but like people, when they have a baby, sometimes they're very emotional. Like, there's no way to make sure that your body is regulating properly again. Like, yeah. you, you have to figure and navigate all that on your own. And that's really interesting, actually, because it's something I never thought of because I'm never going to be pregnant. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's a good thing. Like, I had uh, Ty on here before, and she said... Right? the thing that she finds hardest about being a, a female performer, and I always find it quite interesting because I never think in that perspective, right? Right. Um, was like, oh, you have to go on stage no matter how you feel, like when you're on your period. Yeah. And it was stuff like that. She's like, I can feel like I'm on the heaviest period ever. I'm super bloated and I still have to get into that skimpy outfit and perform yeah. on stage whilst I feel like I'm dying on the inside. And I was like... Yeah wow all I've got to make sure is that I didn't eat too much before I, before I go on you know like I've just got to make sure that I it's don't need mental. to lose 
yeah it's it's it's, it's mental i mean it, it comes with everything um with i mean at the end of the day it cuts down to i mean male or female i mean when you're a dancer you're a freaking athlete you're an athlete you're using your body i mean i think that the the trauma my body's been through dance rehearsals like everything we do to our bodies mm. um and, and then as a female to to make that decision that's yours that's yours and go away and have a baby and, and come back from that um it's just not spoken about enough and um, it's not embraced enough i don't feel mm. um and because it's something that's really actually quite natural um, and and sometimes it can have a dark stigma to it where it looks it looks almost like a failure or or a not a big a, not an accept a success of some degree um mm. whereas it's, it's actually the complete opposite it's the it's big, actually, biggest success yeah it's, it's the really biggest the achievement biggest, it's an improvement and and it's just because maybe it was from the time that that kind of happened to me I, I felt that very much so from maybe working whilst I was pregnant and being around all of that um, I know people wouldn't necessarily make the choice to work when they were pregnant like that for me I it just it was the way it worked out um but it's just it's not spoke about and embraced enough and and that's it it's just having the support for people to come back in if that's what they choose to do um i think it should be there um you know and and that's what i found as well because even i mean if you think about it self-employed athletes which we are i mean there's loads of people who have babies and and it's less chaotic because they're they're, they work 95 they're on maternity leave they're getting paid to be off and have babies you know i we for, for myself i don't know what it is for any other people i can only talk about my own experience i really had to like gut through and navigate a whole new life you know and um, one that i loved but it was very difficult to make the changes from what i'd experienced before um but now i mean that i'm talking five years ago now it's different now it's totally different like there's um very good friends of mine absolutely love her Chloe Ferns, she's she's working. She's just had a baby. And she's killing off. the game. She's touring. She's off touring, and, and she takes soul with her, and she takes her baby with her. And and Mabel, like as you can see, is so nice about that. Like she's there, souls around. She's on set. Like I think that should be embraced more. I really, really do. Because if you're showing up and you're doing your job and you're the talent and you're following it through, I think that type of thinking is mm. really empowering, and it and it's helping females be successful in the industry it really really is and and that's how i love um what chloe's doing right now i just think it's absolutely epic she keeps saying to me she's like why are you not working she's like you need to come back in this job and i was like trust me my kids are five and three i'm not going to take them with me they'll be too mental but i was like it's it's amazing how it's working out and how the game has changed in that way and how it's embraced i just think it's amazing i think it's amazing mm. Mm. and i'm what's glad it, to see it what's it like obviously having a five and a three-year-old, right? Um, the five-year-old, I guess, understands maybe a little bit more. But do you ever show them you like on TV with artists, or do you ever be like, if if there's a music video on, look, there's Mummy. Like, what's their reaction yeah. like? I do. I mean, I've never actually showed them, but it just so happened that my oldest, Frankie, she she loves bad romance for some reason. I didn't push that on her, but <laughs> she she absolutely loved it, and she would just always want to put bad romance on and then I'd, I'd put it on I wouldn't say anything and I would just put the video on and she'd be like mum is that you and I'd be like yeah that's me I was like and she's like 
but she couldn't comprehend it. She she didn't know if I was Lady Gaga or the dancer. <laughs> she can figure out. And she's like, but why? She's like, but why are you with Lady Gaga? Like, what is happening? Yeah. So no, moments like that are dope. That's really nice. It's really nice, and 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 it's amazing because you really think back then. You think, oh wow, like I really did have have such a tangible career because that ain't going anywhere. That film will be forever mm. and ever and ever and ever. And you ever. wait till she's ten and goes to school with her phone and shows yeah. all her friends. Like <laughs> that's, it. that's it. So you know, you just realize how tangible your career is, and it's mm. not. You know, and that's what I wish for, for, you know, kids coming out of Glasgow now. I'm like, get out of here, like, do it, like, keep your online presence, that's great and all, but, like, get out of here and go do it. Mm. Don't be here. Yeah. Um, you know, like, go out and do it because it really does that as life experience, as memories mm. you'll have forever. It's, it's just and it's, so and it's ac- And it's actually such a short amount of time. It's such short. a short career. Like, you so know, short. it's not like it's not like you're giving up your whole life. Like yeah. I'm 31 now. Like, do you know what I mean? I've almost done everything I could ever have dreamed of. Like, yeah. you know, and essentially if I wanted to, I could go and by the time I'm 37, I could be a doctor, you know, like yeah. I could train I could, six years. I could train to do a whole new life. So why not yeah. like just take the risk and like believe in yourself, you know, take that gamble on yourself to, to do the, what feels like impossible absolutely not not enough young people are doing it not enough young people are doing it and and that's why I push that up here if anything you know when I'm teaching that that's literally what it's for it's Mm. it's more for the performance and to give them the life skills to navigate out of that that just kind of that that happened by chance for me quite quickly and Mm. and that's just where it's went that's just what's happened but for if anything it's just it's just super important because it's so different than just coming in especially up up here in Glasgow get in and teaching a class and going this this that bish, bish, bosh. It's, it's not about that it's so much deeper than that mm. um and it's about getting out there and, and it's also because you want to have you want to have a full career so that when you do hit your 30s you're thriving you know what mm. I mean you're you can do it, you can do it, but when you get into your 30s, you're, you're thriving. Now, I don't want, there's no age limits for anything, for anything, mm. but you want to go out there and have a career to the point where, um, again, it just lasts mm. and it will last forever. It's not something that's ever going to go away that you've done. Your dreams and prospects will change and you'll move on and do whatever, or maybe you will still be performing or and you'll multitask maybe you'll have a business but still perform you mm. can do it. I mean the world you your oyster to be honest once you mm. go out there and actually tackle it and get it with both hands mm. and touch it because again I know I keep going back to that but it's just so important that kids get out of that mm. mind frame yeah and my, my theory is if you can be successful at something you can be successful at anything because it's just applying those same skills that got you to be successful in dance or you know football or whatever yeah. you decide to be you just got to use that same amount of effort energy and drive and focus it on your new objective totally yeah. totally and and that's it that's it and 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 all of this generation some some people will have that in them to go do that and some won't it's mm. just the way it is um, um i ask i ask every dancer this um yeah. it's always a fun one it's not too serious okay. so if aliens came down from space right, and they held a gun to your head, uh, a COVID gun, and they were like, you have to give us one human 
that represents dance for you and you're only allowed to give one and that person has the possibility of saving planet earth otherwise i'm going to blast you all with covid for life <laughs> who who would you who would you hand over who would you sacrifice one human uh-huh. that represents dance for you so when you say sacrifice do you mean in the best well, way like well they might they might save the world they might not like they might be like oh. if, if the if the aliens deem them good enough oh we, I will, see. Right. we will survive and live a lovely 2022 when it comes but otherwise if you make a bad choice oh that's a I, good one it's hypothetical that's good, obviously that's a good one yeah mm. i think oh i don't know um let me think about that i mean there's all of it i mean to be honest i would um i would probably sorry my, my someone okay. tried to call me there I, I would honestly i'd probably say brian friedman i mean that's a solid choice I mean, I think that's a pretty solid choice. I think Brian would would slay all the COVID aliens, man. Yeah. He would slay it and death drop it out of the way. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? I think for, for me, just get get just get the job done and, mm. and slay everybody once every time. I, I I don't think there's any better than that. Yeah. And he'd no. finish it with a front suicide. Do you know what I mean? That's <laughs> what I meant. Front suicide <laughs> would I say death drop yeah, front suicide yeah. crack is over, man. Do yeah, you know I, mean? I, I, ex- I think the aliens would accept it. I'm not mad. <laughs> at, I'm not. I'm not mad at it at all. Oh my god, that would be so funny, and he and he probably just give them corrections as well. Yeah, <laughs> or he tell him he tell him he didn't like their outfit, and then give them corrections. Or... Yeah, totally. He'd be like, why? No. Why have you aliens got Converse on? Get out! Exactly. Like, <laughs> yes. amazing. Not totally. I'm so down for that choice. Absolutely. That's a solid choice. Well, Pam, it's yeah. been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming on. I definitely would love to get you on again. I feel like there's so much we could talk about because you're full of knowledge and wisdom. Um, oh, and you're I'm... a very, a very inspiring human, not, not even man. female, just a very inspiring human. So thank you so much for giving oh, us no, your Thanks time. so much for having me. It's been great. And, uh, and I had to listen to a few of the um, podcasts last night as well. I was like kind of working my way through them all. And it's amazing. Like people like need to listen because... It's, just, it's so good. And as you actually said, like even stuff like having a podcast, like what we were talking about, to even just have access to, to industry professionals who have been there and done it and to listen and hear their experience. Mm. Like, oh, my goodness, what I would have paid when I was um, younger. Like, to go we, back and listen uh, to the people who have done it before you, right? To have That's all the whole that. point. I feel like it's I've met amazing. so many feel like I've met so many amazing people and experienced lots of highs and lows. I feel like. I felt like I had to offer something back. Absolutely. So, so I'm so down for it. And this is an amazing platform that you're doing. And it's it's serving a really good purpose. Amazing. So so Thank you so much. If anyone is in Scotland at all, please hit a Pam. Go and learn from her. She's incredible. You won't regret it. And um, I hope to see you soon, lovely. I wish yes, you Yes, and let us know if you're teaching up here. I will, for sure. I'll definitely let you know. Come to Scotland and show the kids what to do. We will. Thank you so much, Pam. Take care. Okay, see you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Internet's podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends and family. One love. Peace. The Internet's podcast with your host, Kane Silver.